Hi, and welcome to episode number 50 of Basha's Thoughts. Let's talk about miracles and magic. Well, kind of. I was wondering, is it possible to somehow make it more likely that our life will be filled with these little miracle moments, magical moments that seem so deeply satisfying and awe-inspiring. Is it possible to do something so that our life becomes more densely filled with such occasions? To start with, I was thinking about what is this miracle type of moment? What is this magic? What are the essential components of it? And a component that I can see is that of wonder, that of surprise. If you think about a magic show and a child watching a magic show, there is that element of surprise that in some sense expands your world vision and you think, wow, I never thought that was possible. Look, that lady can float. Or maybe as an older person, you might have watched a mentalist perform. And for a split second, it looks like he can actually read your mind. Wow, it's actually happening right now. How is this possible? And so there is this expansion, this wonder, this wow type of moment. It often is something surprising. Also, for these magical moments to become truly satisfying, we would like them to fit into everything else that we have experienced and to somehow get a bigger picture of everything so that in a sense it will create a meaningful moment and you will feel, wow, actually this surprising thing, this magical and awe-inspiring thing was inevitable and now I see it. Wow, so this is how it always was. And this is why this has always worked this way. Now I can see it. It is truly meaningful and satisfying. My world picture has expanded and it's meaningful. It's not just chaotic. It's not just a little tiny detail that's not relevant to anything else. It's actually relevant to everything. It's deeply meaningful. And so whenever we have these surprisingly beautiful and yet inevitable types of moments, we are living in a creative artistic way. This is when art can really reach us, when art is 
this awe-inspiring and yet inevitable experience, it can touch us deeply and on many levels. So this is how we create great art and this is how we can be creative and creative beings. And it is when we get to experience those moments that our lives become these densely packed, miracle, magical experiences. All right, so these might be some of the components of it, but how do we create them? That's a good question. Well, it seems that an important part is openness. In order for us to be able to have a magical moment, we need to be open to it. We need to be open to seeing something different, seeing something surprising. If we're not open, then we will insist upon our old explanations and we will throw out any new data that comes in. We will only focus on what we already know. We might feel more secure. This is more certain and we know. And so there is no risk to damage to our ego in any way to our survival because we already know. And yet by knowing we experience a sort of death, the death of creativity and possibility of a life of miracles. So openness is indeed a prerequisite and it is when we are open to it that we can be surprised and even completely overcome by beauty. See, we might start with an intention of wanting to look for beauty, wanting to see more beauty, and that can be quite helpful, especially if we are already accustomed to looking for problems. Well, then this intention can be quite helpful. But intending to see beauty, intending to find beauty, is not quite as powerful as being completely overcome by beauty so that we are stopped in our tracks and we almost cannot breathe because we experience the beauty of something. For that to happen, we need the openness. So beauty and openness seem to be two parts that will be needed for our life of miracles. But how do you get more openness? Well, you could practice, I suppose. You could practice openness in all kinds of ways. You could practice physical openness that is relaxation. Instead of having tense muscles, you physically relax them. 
And then you can move to more subtle ways of openness, which is your mind and your thoughts. And just opening up your thoughts, relaxing your thoughts, relaxing your emotions, relaxing your sensations of all sorts, and trying to experience what that is like. What is it like to open up my mind, open up my emotions, open up my thoughts? Can I open up my insights? How do I open up my understanding and allowing for that experience? The more we practice it, the more we prep ourselves for those amazing experiences of beauty that spontaneously start arising. And if we combine the practice of openness together with this intention of looking for beauty, well then, that synergy might just bring us some of these amazing experiences sooner or later. Also, to be open and to be creative, to be able to move in that space of creativity, an enemy of it is fear. And yet, if it is an enemy we start fighting, well then the energy we put into the fight will actually enable the enemy. And so it's not quite helpful to see it as an enemy. And yet fear is that which will tend to close us down as opposed to opening us up. And fear is that which will hyper-focus us on very small parts of our experience and make it very difficult to experience any kind of beauty, wonder, creativity. So whenever we choose fear, we choose to close down this creative and open, beautiful part of ourselves. Of course, embracing fear, whenever it does arise, we can see it as a child that is being embraced, that is allowed to exist, that is acknowledged, and yet not given all the focus, so not enabled, not fed more and more in that direction. Just let be in peace and love, and our choice moves towards love, the embracing of it. And I talk of fear because it is something that is very strong in our society right now, in this global civilization that we have right now. We have powers, great powers, that wish to remain in power and a way of doing that is to try to control. And one of the old ways of controlling is that of 
controlling through fear by creating all kinds of situations, focusing people on fear and then controlling because they will know that whenever you focus someone on fear, you know what the person will be thinking, what kinds of choices will be coming up. And so very quickly you can make that person act in a particular way. You can make them give up the rights so that they feel protected. And then you keep the rights. And then you get to do a lot more than you were able to do before. And so fear is a part of the control mechanism that we see in the world today. And it comes up so frequently. And we are trained in fear. We are trained to be afraid of all kinds of things. Even in societies that are actually not much more dangerous than, than they were, say, 50 years ago, everything seems a lot more dangerous. Even things such as kids playing outside. Maybe if you actually look at the crime rates in a society, they are what they were before. And yet today, children are not allowed to go outside and play. This is very rare nowadays, and yet this was how most kids were growing up before. Just telling mom, hey, I'm going out to play with my friends. Okay, come back in an hour for lunch. And so we have been trained to become more fearful. We can start to look at the places where we are trained in that way. The media are very good at training us in that manner. And so if we focus on the media, if we listen to the news every day, for whatever reason, and it may be a very good reason, it is interesting to notice how much it is actually also training us in fear. So by looking at how we spend our day, we can probably identify pretty quickly what kinds of messages we are getting from everything. Whenever I, say, talk to my friends at work, what is it we talk about? What kind of messages are we actually reinforcing day in and day out? Are these messages of fear? Are these messages that make me more afraid? Make me think like I have to do something now, quickly, and I'm not allowed to actually look at the bigger picture. Whenever you listen to the news, what kinds of messages are being reinforced? Whenever you, whatever it is you do throughout your day, what kinds of messages are reinforced? And just going through a day, you will probably pretty quickly identify the parts where you choose to program in more fear into your life. Perhaps sometimes it's not necessary. And so by avoiding that, we can reduce the fear. And by reducing the fear, we can become more open more present to what is, and more aware of the beauty around us. And thereby, 
more likely to both create in such beautiful ways that are both surprising and deeply meaningful and connecting. And we will be able to see that around us as well. Fear is helpful for survival, but it is not helpful when it hijacks our life. When it is this super sensitive button that as soon as you come near it, a trauma is released and you become blind to many things and you can no longer see where you are, what you're doing because you're reacting to an old trauma or you're reacting to something that you have been told and you're not here now actually experiencing what is and from here being able to find amazing solutions that might actually be quite obvious sometimes but only to those who are present and able and open to seeing them. This state of wonder and openness and creativity and beauty that is overwhelming sometimes is also the state of love. Love is the unifying. It is the essence of who we actually are and it is the same as beauty it is the same as that wonder and bliss the longer we stay in that state the more we can actually do to solve all kinds of problems and the more beautiful and inspiring and creative our life becomes I'm reminded of a quote that I do not recall where it comes from, but it says something like, all love eventually becomes help. So when we live a creative, awe-inspiring, open, meaningful, beautiful life, when we live in that state of love, then we will automatically be able to share that with others. Just by being, it will inspire beauty in others. It will eventually become help. And the most beautiful type of help that we can imagine. Because with love we have unity and when we act from that, when we act from the divine, you could say, when we act from our essence, well, then we act from a state of oneness, which means that we act in a way that is best for all, including ourselves. So it's not best for me, or it's not best for the others. It comes from another space the essence of ourselves, the divine, you could say, and we act from divine inspiration. The more we dwell in that space, the more time we spend in 
total relaxation, openness, the easier it becomes to live from it. And so our life will become more densely filled with miracles the more time we are able to spend as ourselves in ourselves. That was it for today. I might talk to you in another podcast episode. Take care. Mm-hmm.